This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you again. Hey, it's really interesting. Do you remember last time I, I did a, a shout out to pe- people in Norway? Welcome again. But um, I got an email, which was lovely. So we're going to have a conversation and hopefully we'll see what we can do with that for the podcast. Well, well, well. So do you keep going or do you change? what you're doing. <laughs> that was a bit like a, an existential question, doesn't it? It's one of these big, big, hefty things. I wasn't meaning it to be that, but I was just reflecting on when is it important to be persistent, to be consistent, to have grit and determination and just keep going? And when are you actually banging your head against a brick wall and you're doing the same thing and expecting different results? Is, is that sensible? I seem to remember there's a definition that includes that kind of description. So, yeah, keep going or change. Which should you do? Uh, there's no complete, absolute answer to that, is there? It, it all depends. That's inevitably going to be the conclusion, that it all depends. So, so what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about variety of things. But let me start with thinking about fleece colour and breeding alpacas for different colour fleeces, for f- different characteristics of fleeces. There is some amazing things. <laughs> chromosomes. We all know a little bit about chromosomes and how they're involved in determining, and the genes on the chromosomes are involved in determining things like eye colour and that kind of thing and hair colour. We know that for people. And we've got 23 pairs of chromosomes for people. Do you know how many an alpaca's got? Ooh, interesting question. Well, they've got seven, 74 in total, 37 pairs of chromosomes for an alpaca, 23 pairs of chromosomes for a human. Hmm. I have no idea what that means in terms of what the conclusion is that a good thing is that a bad thing what is it actually saying I, I don't really know it's just an interesting fact fruit fly for example has four pairs of chromosomes that's one of the reasons they do such amazing experiments uh they're very large as well so you can work with them under a microscope and that kind of thing so that's why fruit flies get a lot of research time a rice plant has 12 pairs and a dog has 39 pairs so alpaca's 37 humans 23 pairs of chromosomes that's a lot of genetic information and some of that relates to things like eye color and hair color skin color there are things to do with alpacas in terms of their fleece there's a a limited number of things that are affected by certain genes so the color and the type of the fleece they're kind of qualitative. They're, they're characteristics that the quality is that they're this colour. And that doesn't change depending on the environment. That stays as it is. But there are some other things like fleece growth, which is controlled by a larger number of genes. And that means 
there's an interplay going on. And depending on the circumstances of the environment, the genes can have a greater or lesser extent. So uh, effect, so they're more quantitative. So how much fleece is there? How fine is the fleece? And there's an absolute. Is there an absolute? Well, it does depend on how well fed they are. And there's a very clear suggestion that the if the diet is very rich, then the fleece is pretty coarse. Ooh. This is not suggesting by any means that we should be restricting our diets for the alpacas in order to get really fine fleece. It's just an interesting observation. And there's an, an interplay of these things. And it's very complicated, isn't it? Let me read you something that uh, I can't go across. Would you believe that there is just, yeah, anyway, somebody has done all of this work. So they found, we report the mapping of candidate genes for fiber growth and then there's a list of letters and numbers, which you don't really need, to chromosomes 16, 17, 4, 16, 1, and 16, respectively. Likewise, we report the marking of candidate genes for fiber color, and there's a bunch of things, chromosomes 9, 19, 16, 1, and 14, respectively. In addition, since KRT15 clusters with five other keratin genes in scaffold 450, the entire gene cluster was assigned to chromosome 16. Similarly, and it goes on and on like this. These results are concordant with known conserved syntony blocks between camelids and humans, cattle and pigs. <laughs> do, you, do you have any idea what that means? The individual words I understand, some of them anyway, uh, but it doesn't kind of... All. People spent a lot of time doing all of this amazing research, doing the, the, the genome mapping, the gene mapping of camelids and in alpaca in particular and they found all these different things and they got some candidate things what what they're kind of saying is um they don't really know there are some candidates there are some things we're seeing some interesting things but we don't really know we can't still give the answer as to how do you determine whether you use this male this female and you get that color as a result it's still a bit of a lottery the more you do the more information you'll get the more data you have to work with and the more informed the decision can be. And there are various projects at, at work around the world looking at how do you breed with knowledge and information for a desired outcome and that actually make a difference. And you just need large numbers of animals. And that doesn't help you as an individual <laughs> with alpacas trying to make a breeding decision uh, necessarily. But it fits into the big thing. There, there's There's ways of making those kind of choices, those kind of decisions. It's interesting. And it's not absolute. There's a mm, random, is the random the right word? Well, there, there is kind of a random factor in there in terms of the chromosomes and how, how those genetic traits are passed on. So there's a lot more to be understood. So I'm glad there's somebody there who's being persistent and being consistent and pushing the boundaries and learning these things, which in time will become beneficial to us, I think. But it's going to be a while, isn't it? Goodness me. So when you're making your breeding choice for colour, for fineness, for confirmation, the, the structure of the body, and is it fit for purpose? Because it's only one career a year, it takes time. And you've got limited numbers of animals normally. So it needs to be that kind of, you make the best choices you can. And sometimes you'll carry on and you'll try again with the same male, same female. 
and you get a different result, different colour fleece, different traits that come in. And that's part of the amazing experimental nature of keeping alpacas in a breeding alpacas and trying to move to the place where you're getting something that you can understand. This and this makes that. Uh, so the good news is that the experts who can talk all this jargon for you, they don't know either. They get little glimmers of possibilities, but they don't really know. And it's uh, a lot of work in progress. And that's in alpacas. I mean, there's all the other animals they're working with as well. And there's a lot more of them around and reasons for, for, for doing the research. So the fact that anybody's done the research with alpacas is really great. So that's, that's one of the ways in which this kind of keep going or stop and change. Uh, you get an opportunity to make a decision about that. There's also going to shows. I didn't win last time. I'm not going again. It doesn't work. Oh, okay. That's quick. But maybe you keep going. Maybe there are things that you can learn by continuing. Maybe with a show, the animals that are there on the day, you might stand a chance of winning. And it depends on the judge, depends on the other animals in, in the ring, uh, which are being looked at. And yeah, so I just mentioned that in passing because it's the British Alpaca Society national show this coming weekend. So depending on when I get the access to the link, I will let you know. Um, so you can watch the judging live. Wow. Uh, and I think it may be available afterwards. Who knows? So if I can get information about what's going on there uh, to share with you, that'll be in the episode notes. Do take a look. That's alpacatribe.com. Ah, yeah. So that's Another thing, do you keep going? Do you keep trying? What's going to make the difference? You've, the other thing, which is a more existential question, is the kind of, do you carry on keeping alpacas? Um, yeah, generally. I'm not, not advocating that you give up. But there comes a time when you go, do you know, we haven't got the space, we haven't got the time, we haven't got the energy because we're getting old. Older, sorry. I'll just change that word from old to older. The alpacas are getting older. It's you know, There's a change needed. But maybe it's not giving up completely. Maybe it is. And we all have to face different circumstances, different situations at different times. Just hasten to add, I'm not in that position. I'm just thinking out loud. And it was this question of being persistent, being consistent, and having some grit and determination. But also being some, bring some wisdom into that. How do you decide to keep doing something or to adjust it. Sometimes it's a pivot, which I don't know how you define a pivot. A pivot may be more than 90 degrees or it may be 180 degrees. That's a complete about turn, isn't it? So that's maybe not a pivot, but it's a change of direction. Maybe it's a little subtle thing or maybe it's a significant change. Pivot feels like a bigger thing. But if there's a little adjustments that you need to make, the kind of food you're giving the alpacas, the kind of environment that they're in, other things that you can do to improve that, the kind of hay and where you get that from, that's going to change year by year. Uh, factors that are outside of your control, probably. So there are things of how do you decide when you're going to carry on and when you're going to change. Not easy, is it? Asking questions is a good thing to do. Don't feel like it's the big question, but consider, review, and just just check that you're still right to continue in the same Absolutely the same direction. 
or if there's a slight change needed. Another example was our vets. I told you about the vets. Um, this was a decision they reached that actually continuing doing large animals wasn't going to be possible. So they they kind of stopped doing that part of their veterinary practice and they're focusing on the small animals. And it's to do with the vets that are there and the kind of work and the money and, 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 and. So there are many things, big and small, where a decision has to be made to either continue or to change direction. Yeah, emotional. Yeah, there's a lot of emotions in those things. And you can have a feeling about sunk costs. What I mean by sunk costs, it's, you know, you've invested this amount in doing the equipment, buying the animals, whatever it is, getting the land. Um, and if you were to change something, you're kind of walking away from that investment. Uh, yeah, sometimes that is what you have to do. And, and actually letting the amount of investment color your decision today or tomorrow, it shouldn't overly affect. It does, doesn't it? It feels like an emotional pull. But but there are things to do with it's that's done and dusted and it's just part of the, the thing. It doesn't make your decision today different. You have to decide on what's in front of you today for the best, for the animals, for yourself, and that kind of thing. How do you keep going? Well, it's helpful if you have confidence that you're on the right track. It's helpful to know enough that what you're doing, you're not swinging from one thing to another. You've settled on a course of direction and you carry on with that. Do take account of other things that are in the mix, things like uh, change in environment, change in the weather or climate in your area. Uh, this this will have an effect on the kind of things you're doing. I've talked about that before, the whole kind of thing. How's the food supply going to change? How are, How is the food nature going to have to change? What do we do <laughs> as things change? We get, seem to be getting this more and more extreme weather all over the place. And we've had it really cold, really wet, early warmth, which has now gone away again. Fooled the, <laughs> the birds, fooled the plants. And we've got some new little yellow faces starting to appear in the greenery. So there's the first of the celandines who have started to flower. And they've obviously had enough of the sun to be able to, to move to that. So there's lots of signs of growth. Oh, I see the brambles are growing as well. <laughs> the shoots are starting to shoot away. Everything's looking a little bit greener. Uh, yeah. So there are things that we can change. There are things that we can alter. And there are things that we've got no control over but we do have to be responsive too. And my encouragement really is for you to hold those things appropriately. Don't stick with something just because you've always done it that way, but don't change just because you think the latest advice says everyone's doing this. Be clear about what you're trying to do and why, and keep going. Don't give up lightly but also don't keep going when actually you should be stopping. Sometimes it's difficult to know whether the dip that you're in is just a dip and it's going to rise up again, or whether it's the edge of a precipice and you're going to drop off the end. I uh, can't help you with that. We all face those things, don't we? Where we're in a dip and we just don't know. And yeah. So wisdom is important. How do you get wisdom? Hmm from experience, from doing things and how they worked out, from listening to other people and how things worked out for them. 
from finding your own place of stability and peace and operating from there. Oh, that's easy then. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I seem to be raising questions without answers again. I seem to do that a lot, don't I? Uh, but hopefully that's given you something to think about. Don't go swinging. Don't go making massive changes just because Steve said so on the podcast. But try and try and hold the thing. Try and hold the line and keep going. But also be sensible. Find some wise counsel and some wise advice that you can feed into the mix and you make the decision. If you can... Go spend some time with an alpaca. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.